Why are you doing this? Do you forgive me? I can't do that. I can get you some help. Hey everybody, welcome back to uh, this week's episode of Bridge the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Singh. Uh, we're back to movies uh, and a whole lot more this week. Uh, as you heard, just heard in a clip, very intense uh, uh, little short film that you can check out on B-Raja TV. Uh, let's get the plug out of the way first. Uh, B-Raja TV, if you haven't already, even though I keep telling you every week to go on BRajaTV.com, get the app. There's a whole bunch of really amazing South Asian American content up there, man. We're up there, so if you're not going to support the uh, the filmmaking, support me and stuff. Self-plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with us, we have uh, uh, the film in question, the Venom Brothers. We have the the star himself of Venom Brothers. Um, but we're gonna we also have a, pro- a fellow producer. And we're gonna talk about a whole production company that these guys have founded. Uh, we have Raja and Sabrina. So give them a round of applause in your quarantine states. Uh, nobody can hear you clap, but I'm sure you're all doing it. Uh, so hey guys, welcome welcome to the show, man. Thanks, How you doing? Great, great. And then, like, there's two of you. Well, we've never had to, like, double team this way before, but nice. uh, t- figure out who wants to kind of jump in first. Uh, let's get a little, let's, let's hear a little about uh, yourselves, and then we'll jump into the film, and then your, your larger goal at hand with uh, Touch of Life Production Company. Sure. Um, thanks so much, man, for uh, the Venom Brothers. Uh, it was a great uh, opportunity. A dear friend, he wrote, directed it, and whatnot. He's also in it, and Ashton Bingham, and uh, he said, hey, man, I got something for you. And one thing led to another, and it's amazing how things will find you when you think there's even a question. Um, we had um, locations, we had everything ready for the shoot, we had the whole crew, the cast, um, funding in place, and the last minute some permits fall through. So we had to hire a soundstage, and we have several thousand we have to come up with within like two days. So something told me, um, I was on a, a prior Vegas trip with some college buddies, and someone I just met, something told me, just give him a call. So I said, hey, man, how are things going? He was like, dude, epic weekend, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden, um, he's like, what's going on? I'm like, we're making a movie. Um, got into a little obstacle. He goes, what do you need? And I told him, he goes, I'm wiring it to you in two minutes. Um, so so we, we shot it. It came out really well. And, and it's, it's great to be on B-Raja, man. Um, but yeah, it's wonderful, man. It was a great opportunity. Got to, got to bring some of the some of the best core together and, and create something that's raw, gritty, and, um, and it tells a story. I'll use this as like a segue into your story. So I'm going to ask you, Raja, to just for like the people who haven't bothered to watch this uh, this movie on our platform, just give us a quick rundown, if you will, um, about what it's about. And then I'll use that as a segue into your answer. And then we'll bring Sabrina in. So uh, Venom Brothers, is, it's a raw, gritty thriller about two foster brothers who are reunited after 10 years. One's in prison all this time. The other one is he's like America's best dad. And they come together um, after... Um, a really, really horrifying past, um, and then uh, the story is told. So that's pretty much the Venom Brothers. But definitely, definitely should check it out. And the rest you got to find out on your own, man. We can't spoil that's the whole right. thing for you here. Uh, a, a great performance uh, by you and, and your your uh, your scene partner. He was great too, playing a duality. But we'll get into that in a bit. Let's let's hear a little bit about Sabrina here. All right. So thank you for having me here. Very honored. Uh, so I'm. I'm from Brazil, São Paulo, 
and I have a, a Italian citizenship. So I grew up in Sao Paulo with some Italian traditions. And um, I decided to come to America in 2014 to do a master's in, in fine arts, in acting for film. And I, well, my, my life before I was a biomedic, I spent almost 10 years of my life working with Chinese traditional medicine. And then I decided to, to become an actress, to have more stage presence, to overcome. I was a little shy. That didn't work. I still a little shy. <laughs> But anyway, long story short, I came to America in 2014, uh, 2016, I did a film in tribute to my mom. Um, the last time I, have a com I had a conversation with her, she told me, honey, I've seen it, you're going to make it. And that was the last time we talked. She passed away and she gave me her blessing and I, I said, you know what, she believed in me before I believed in myself, so I came here. I overcome grief and I did a film in tribute to her called Julia and that film is the reason I'm here today because it opened so many doors I, I got several awards from it I was able to get my artist visa and in 2018 Raja and I we joined forces to create a Touch Alive so we can touch people's hearts that's, that's beautiful man uh, I guess okay so this is this is because that I think is a uh, Roger, you have a similar uh, uh, journey of kind of a point A to point B, but drastically different points. Um, so let's, because I promise we'll get to Venom Brothers, uh, but let's hear that, man, because uh, you're about to, I think you're going to hear something that's unique because I, it's not, it's, I guess, unheard of that in, in your line of previous work that it comes weirdly full circle to where we're at now. So let's, let's hear that and then we'll jump into Venom Brothers. Sure. Um, so I, I grew up in, in between New Orleans and Houston and uh, never really identified with school, man. I, you know, I had my, my struggles and whatnot. And um, my parents told me, told me at a very, very young age, they said, there's only one of you in this world. And that never left me. So as a kid in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm destined for greatness, you know. So no matter what society said, whatever report card said, I knew if I did my best, I'm going to be all right. You know, it's going to be cool. So I'm in college and, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing some, I'm doing like, I didn't like anything at all. And so I'm like, what could I possibly do? And I'm like, well, anything in medicine, you can help other people. So I'm like, it made sense. So I started to do some pre-med uh, requisites, but nothing really gelled, man. And so I'm a junior in school and I have no major declared because I'm like, I'm not going to major in anything if I don't believe in it. Right. So Baylor University calls me. They're like, you're supposed to graduate next year and you have no major declared. And I'm like, is there a problem? I'm having a great time. And uh, they're like, yeah, it's a big problem. Your parents are paying a lot of money, you know? And um, so while I was in school, um, I went to this, um, it's called ISSA. It's the Indian Subcontinent Student Association. Um, and it celebrates, you know, different cultures. And we had a big talent show. And um, anyways, I was asked to do the, some of the dance choreography for, uh, for the talent show. Um, and I'm like, I, I can't do that, uh, but I can, you know, I can um, help whoever's in charge. And they're like, excellent. Um, all the seniors were in charge and they graduated and they're, and they're gone. So, um, so I was really dancing in school, man. Like, I don't know why I was studying. Um, and so I was having a great time with my friends, dance, dance practice all day, all night. Anyways, fast forward, um, I go home. I'm like, mom and dad, I got to pick a, a major. And I didn't like anything. I had all these math and science courses done for, for, for medicine initially that I had dropped. 
So there was a computer science degree that had similar requirements. So it made sense, get a degree, whatever it is, graduate, move on. Um, so um, I'm like, cool, computer science, how hard can it be, right? You know, um, some computer games, some business courses, how hard can it be, right? I knew nothing about it. I started into it, I did a five year uh, a program in two years. Um, and it was like graduate level coding. And um, I struggled like you wouldn't believe, man. You know, through God's grace, I actually graduated. <laughs> I remember telling my dad, hey, dad, I graduated. I did it for you. And he started crying. And that's probably the second time in my life I saw him cry. Um, but anyways, I graduated. Um, that, that got me um, a job into uh, NASA's United Space Alliance flight operations. So um, I'm working with these brilliant minds in Houston at NASA. And every day I'm going to work thinking like, I shouldn't even be here, <laughs> you know? Um, but, but you know you are at the same time. So I'm, I'm, I'm working there and I'm living at home with my mom and my dad's doing contract work out of state in Washington state. And uh, my mom passes away suddenly. And my mom was, was my, my best friend, man. I mean, she's someone who, you know, she could walk into any city and, um, you know, if there was a homeless person in his family, you're gonna be fed and take, you're gonna be taken care of. So she would light up the planet and when she, she moved on, um, I didn't know how to operate, I didn't know how to function. So I'm at home doing this job and um, one of my best friends on the planet, his little brother is like, hey Raja, um, next to the space program, the space center, there's a, a country, there's a Clear Creek Country Theater, they're having open call auditions. You've always talked about taking an acting class, never had the guts to do it. Um, you're going to this audition whether you want to or not. So I'm terrified, man. I'm like, I have no resume, no photos, nothing. I walk in there like an idiot. I do a cold read and um, I get this role, which is a sidekick to the main detective in, in a play called The Gazebo. And so I was on stage for 30 seconds in the whole play and it changed my world, man. I'm like, this is amazing, man. You get to create this world with all these, all these powerhouses. And uh, on opening night of the show, this couple, this brother and sister come up to me and she's like, I wanted to thank you. And I'm like, for what? You're the ones who came to see, watch us, you know? And she was like, you've changed my brother's world. Um, you were his favorite character in the whole show. You've really changed his life and he needed this. Thank you. And I drove home thinking, if you can shake up somebody's world in 30 seconds, what can you do on the big screen, right? So I'm taking acting top classes in Houston. I'm, I'm doing independent films, you know, all over. And NASA even knew, uh, United Space Lines, they even knew that, you know, it, that job was kind of like a backseat, you know? Um, so I'm doing all these films and doing some plays and whatnot and trying to apply for a job in LA to get closer to TV and film, not get, getting a single interview or, or a single response. So, you know, I'm doing the best that I can. I'm working, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, you know, some theater. Uh, you know, I got to play Sunny in Greece. I'm doing martial arts. I'm part of a dance company. I'm doing too much in Houston. And all of a sudden, um, a DC recruitment firm reaches out and they're like, hey, uh, we, we found your resume online. Would you want to work for a position in intelligence? Um, you know, State Department, you know, um, uh, DOD. And I thought, oh, wow, these guys are looking for me. This is a really funny joke. And um, so I deleted it. And a couple weeks later, I'm like, you know, mom always knew I wanted to travel and work. What if it's something from her? So I found the email, dug it up, reached out to them. It was the real deal. They gave me all these exams online. They came to Houston for a final interview. And a week later, I get an offer letter to work for the CIA and travel the globe. And um, I'm, I'm flipping. I'm like, I don't know what's, what's happening here. Is this for real? I called my dad and I'm like, dad, I just got this offer to work for this group and travel the globe. And he's not even surprised. He's like, well, look, you know, you've got to be happy. You know, you have to think about what's important to you. 
Um, but and he was like, "You want to act, and you will. But this is a chance to see the world. But you have to decide. And whatever you you want, we're gonna we're gonna make it happen." So I'm like, "Cool." In my mind, I'm gonna go see the world, see what they're about. Maybe give it a year, save some money, and then I go to LA. That one year turns into three years, and um, in that time, um, my father comes to you know um, Japan where I was living. He met the director um, of the agency. He shook my dad's hand and he's like, hey, thank you for your son and his, and his work. It's an honor. Uh, my dad came to visit me um, in the heart of <laughs> Tokyo and he saw that his son was set for life. And um, and at the end of my third year, my dad calls me stateside. He's like, we need to talk. I'm like, what's up? He's like, look, you're putting a lot of energy into your acting. He's like, look, whenever you're here, you're on a bus in New York, you're acting, you're filming, you're auditioning. He was like, your time is now. He was like, look, you have the heart, you have the will, you have my blood. You go out to LA, you're gonna do it, and you're gonna do well. So he's like, look, this is the game plan, you know? I always wanted to, you know, cook for you. Like when you were little, I, I promised mama I would take care of you, and I just want more time with you. I, so you're gonna resign from your job. And I've already put in my transfer papers to go to LA. We're doing this together. We're going after what I know is yours. So I've got literally shivers down my spine, goosebumps. And I'm thinking like, man, this is how I make the jump, the leap. I'm going with my dad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start a new chapter with him. And so this, after this conversation, my dad's like, we're doing this. Two days later, he's at a training session at, at this job, and he collapses. And um, I get a message from his boss saying, hey, he collapsed. Um, he's in critical condition at the hospital. Talk to the doctor. They're like, you need to get here right away. So my father slipped into a coma five days, and he's gone. Um, so the last time I heard his voice was, hey, we're going after what I know is yours. When a parent gives you that kind of a blessing, man, you know there's no option B. Um, and you know what you're destined for. So uh, yeah, man, in three months, my father moves on from this world. Um, I resign from the CIA. I go to Africa to, for some clarity to clear my head. And, uh, and I drive cross country with no future financial plan. And these last 10 years, I haven't had to get a job outside of the acting world. Um, so I know my parents have been with me to support me. So very similarly to Sabrina's path, um, her mom told her, like, baby, I've seen you're gonna do it. You're gonna make it. And I didn't know this about her, and she didn't know this about me until a, a, probably three years after we met. And we're like, we've gotta do this. And then Touch of Life was born. Because you know, when you have a similar path where your parent gives you the ultimate blessing and you're living that dream, you know you have a responsibility that's far bigger than you. You've got to remind other walks of life that hey, what's what's boiling inside you, you know, like like what's your fire, you know. Um, but yeah, in a nutshell, man, that's kind of um, how th how I got here, you know. Man, that's uh, <laughs> I know you say, you say in a nutshell, like ah, long story short, that's a huge nutshell, bro. Um, it's but like there's so much to unpack there because you, it sounded like you were kind of Van Wildering uh, college for a bit, and then where does that go? And then how like even like dance shows up in that scenario and even that's kind of up in the air. And then then you threw in coding and I'm like, oh, now he's like now you're uh, you're a coder. And, like, you, you did like all the professions they want us to do and don't want us to do all in some go, man. So it, that's it's fascinating. I feel like we could do a whole episode just on that journey because my God. Uh, I could see like the the uncles and aunties out there like oh that's good no that's bad oh that's good again and then just <laughs> kind of yeah. figuring it out but uh, yeah man like I said NASA the CIA uh, all to come back around to 
the real passion um, that you weirdly have been doing. Like that's always been a through line. It sounds like um, for both of you, no matter what else was going on, uh, you know, the train always kind of comes back around that station and uh, it's only a matter of, well, I think it's time to get off now. Um, and on one hand, like I said, I, I'm sorry for both of your losses, um, but it sounds like uh, that was the conductor going, all right, your parents were your conductors going, this is your stop. Yeah, It's time to get off here now. Uh, and it seems like both of you have harnessed that uh, really well. Uh, so like I said, Touch of Life is going to probably dominate the this conversation, but we're going to just quickly do a little sidestep of Venom because I'm just curious as to the conceit of that and, and your portrayal of it. And we can spoil it because if you haven't watched it by now, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, so we're going to talk about it like you've seen it because you should have. The So your dynamic with your foster brother um, is is interesting because you mentioned even in the intro, you said, you know, he's, you know, dad of the year. Uh, and it, and you, it very much plays that. Like you very much get to play it as you're 100% the villain in this. You're in the wrong, uh, and you're putting this poor guy in a position where it feels like he is the one who's taken care of you your entire life, uh, until uh, you know the the reversal at the end when you find out that, quite frankly, uh, you have been suffering at his hand, uh, and it was just so that to me is uh, it's a duality I think that's tough to play that I can admit that when I'm watching it I thought it was going to be a very straightforward uh, you manipulating your brother and him having to come down there and just end you because that was it just felt like you know that biblical brother versus brother thing right but so the I didn't expect it to go uh, in the direction that it eventually goes which you realize that you've spent all this all these years in jail and I'm curious so what it, did you ever think like was that the role you were given was that the role you were more driven towards what or did you how did you kind of that to me was always it's because you again you play it wonderfully but uh i'm just curious what going into it how do how do you prepare for that because you have to switch or not even switch you have to uh even in the onset like if you watch it again you almost have to play it with the understanding that i know where i'm going and the audience should be able to watch you again and say oh this was his plan all along. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It, it was amazing because um, Ashton, our friend, he actually wrote this for me and himself, and um, and it was a great opportunity. I mean, it's every actor's dream, no matter what medium, to play something where your your character can transform. Then you get to have actual experiences through that world, you know. Um, and I think it's it's just great because in the story, the brothers were abused by their father, and um, you know. That's just a you know a torture and a pain um, that you know uh, a lot of people can only imagine. And you know when that kind of thing goes down, you have to just kind of like take yourself to a place where you just kind of like you know what I'm just gonna put my heart out there for all the people out there who are victims. And and I think when you can put yourself in a vulnerable state where you're feeling for other people who are going through all kinds of pain and discomfort, um, you're gonna go to a place that you can't really put on paper. Um, that you can only experience. So when he go, he was like, "Hey, brother, I got something for you. It's a character called Damien, and um, it's a great story. See if you like it." And I'm like, "Dude, I love whatever you do." So I, we read it, and we started casting, you know, different actors, and then um, we made it happen. Um, but but yeah, it kind of came to me, um, and um, yeah, it was it was wonderful, man. I mean, and and as far as how to prep for it, um, 
you kind of know um, why you're doing this. Um, you know, like the work as an actor and also to, to, to play these characters to allow other people to escape, that there is another world out there. And I love this character, these characters, because human beings are very, very quick to judge. You know, we see somebody, you know, um, who looks villainous or, or who, who just came out of prison. We already have our, 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 um, our psyche just ready to go. Like we know what they've done and, and we were already shooting at all these judgments. But like we never think about how were they done wrong in the beginning of time? What, what, ha what has their life been like? And so I think that kind of like indirectly, um, you know, is... It's kind of like shown in this film. It's like, you know, you watch the whole thing and at the end you're kind of like, wait a minute, what, you know? Um, and it just shows like you never know what someone's going through unless you put yourself in their shoes. You know? Totally, totally, totally. Um, and like I said, it's a it's a great pivot uh, and it made me want to go like, oh, what, because I was, you left us, you left me anyway, wanting to uh, further that cause. Like, because like your, your character's uh, goal or at least, but beyond clearing his name, your character's like you're—you're you're the catalyst and the hook of like, because you're the unpredictable one. Like we're—if we're, on one hand we're so um, cautious for the brother, um, in the sense of like, are you gonna hurt him or or what's gonna happen? And then when it all goes the way it goes, I just was left wondering. Like I am now so curious as to what do you do? Like if the hypothetical is that you've now cleared your name because your brother admits to the crime now i'm thinking man there's a dynamic between you and your brother's wife and her like the daughter and i'm thinking oh, i need to see that i need to see that go down um so maybe a sequel i don't know i'm not putting it out there i'm putting it out there yeah hey you never know right right uh so i was just like that that it got me thinking of like i was that's that's how you know it was effective because now i'm thinking about not just your portrayal but now i'm thinking about like the characters as if like what is that dynamic what is the relationship going to be now you know the yeah. you, the movie does a really good job of, of setting up the father daughter thing in the beginning, um, that you're heartbroken for a bunch of different reasons. Like you, even if you can't sympathize with the brother, it's like, oh, you messed up, man. I know you had a perfect life, but you did wrong, and now it's come for you. But that little girl had nothing to do with anything, and so it's like broke. You know, broke begets broke, and it's tra it's tragic. It's like it's redemption, but it's it's just under that guise, and that that to me was really effective about it. Um, but I like what you said about like you don't you don't know. Uh, and I guess your time in the CIA, I feel like, was probably a lot of that. Of uh, What years were you uh, involved with the CIA? Okay, yeah. A, a lot of flur a flurry of activity in, in, uh, in those years. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Right? So, like, I, as you were telling that story, I just sat there and I thought, what would my parents say if I... Uh, I was like, hey, y'all, the, uh, the CIA uh, <laughs> wants to get in contact with me. Uh, like, I, I just... I was sitting there going, like, my God... Your father had a wonderful reaction. My parents just kind of be like, "What did you do?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I, don't know. I couldn't tell you. They would. They would know." Um, yeah. So that's wild to me. Uh, I'm still hung up on that a little bit. Uh, just, but hey, it's it's just because like, obviously I don't know if you can disclose anything of what you did during your time in intelligence. Uh, it was only ten years ago that you weren't doing. Yeah, you were just doing it. So, uh, like I said, we won't get into CIA secrets because then they'll shut down the podcast and stuff. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that, uh, that was Venom Brothers. Uh, anything you want to add about Venom Brothers? Because I, really I really want to get to Touch of Life because it's, it's you know what, so... You know, um, so Ella, Ella Jane Rossman, who played the little girl, um, I feel yeah. like she was the heart of the film because, you know, when you see her and her, her dynamic with her father and her mother, 
that raises the stakes for anyone who's watching the film, you know? Um, and, yeah. and when your heart is engaged and, and you're hooked, like you're already in the story. After that, whatever happens, it's, it's gonna be gold. Because the, yeah, I'm glad you said that because the, the other thing that I was in the back of my mind um, was this like, it's a trope of like the fugitive and stuff of, of I was like, oh man, is this gonna become one of those, uh, you know, the killers inside the house kind of things where are you gonna show up to this home and is it going to start to play more like, oh, uncle, yeah, uncle's here, but like, what we we're we're afraid for the family now. So I was I was almost like prepared preparing myself for like what's going to happen, uh, and it didn't it doesn't go there. But again, I just I, but that's a testament to the characters doing that and the way the film sets up like what scares you in a monster in the closet that I was already on the edge of my seat uh, on like minute one because I'm like, oh man, like I. And know where this is supposed to be going, and I and I don't want it to. But also, if it does, it's going to be really tense and stuff. So, uh, well put that the the daughter really does kind of clinch it. That whole family unit, even the even the one who the actress who plays the mom, does a really uh, yes. su- subtle job of yeah. just like she she knows, but she doesn't. But she kind of senses that you know this bond that these two brothers have it has probably been a problem throughout their marriage and stuff. Um, great. So, touch of life. Uh, is a as I was looking over your site uh, like it, it completely vibes with the stories you both have told me about how it comes together and I'm just at that point just curious so like you've got projects in development um, you've got things that you're doing uh, it's it's uh, ambitious comes to mind um, but like ambitious comes to mind for your entire like origin story at this point uh, which is like it's just I think this is what we need to hear uh, and the goal of the podcast we try to do is like I want people uh, to look at it and go like like you said I like you as a college kid if you're like oh I don't know what I was doing uh, that's not the c- conventional wisdom that we would give you know a junior in college or even you know like it, it, where people are probably like flabbergasted or mortified by it but it's the idea of like your purpose and and where that can happen, how it can happen. It's so unexpected, but when it clicks, man, I think we can all relate to that. When that moment happens where you realize like there's nothing better I can do and there's nothing more that I want to do. Um, So Touch of Life comes out of, again, both of your uh, just wonderful, I mean, I'm not calling them stories because they're stories, but the stories because they are, they're so uh, personal and it seems like the projects you're trying to make and invest in are equally uh, fitting that sort of mold. So what I guess is the mission statement. Uh, what is Touch of Life uh, looking for, looking to do? What is kind of the uh, uh, the credo, if you will, of, of that? I, um, you know... You know. Let Sabrina talk once. <laughs> I, I know. I, 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 that's what I was thinking too. I'm kind of like Sabrina. I'm, I've been blabbing and yapping all this time. He, Sabrina could just yeah. Don't let the two brown guys talk. This is a yeah. I love. I, don't even, I love the way Raja express himself. Uh, that's one of his skills. Uh, I'm very pragmatic, practical. Um, that also reflects in my personality. But yeah, back to the mission of Touch Life Prediction. Um, in a very simple way, of course, um, it's more deep. But what we are trying to do is to literally touch people's heart with our content. And, and this is a powerful media. We go into people's home. So there is a responsibility on what we are creating. So we are not 
trying to do any political films, or but we are trying to present a situation so that people can think about life. And we want to inspire them with positive message or bring awareness or just make them, you know, think about life. And, 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 and I think like uh, as an actress, uh, when I, I'm acting, uh, creating, a, um, uh, when I'm portraying a character, it's more about human behavior. You learn about yourself and you learn about why people act the way they do. So you judge less. So I think being on this side of as an actress is powerful. And as a producer, uh, our goal is to bring a, a team, like a cast crew that really cares about the story. It's not about the paycheck. So our goal as well is to bring from investors to directors, writers, cinematographers, everyone involved should care about those stories. And that's our goal. But Raja can also add something more. <laughs> and, and, you know, adding to what Sabrina said, planting seeds uh, for, for uh, generations that are far after, we're going to be gone, man. Yeah. You know, I think that's impact. I mean, as actors, as creators, as artists, you know, you create something, you put it out there, it's going to be out there for a long time and it's going to, it's going to shake up people far after you're going to, more than what we, we can imagine. Um, so, you know, um, I, my dream is to see like, whether you're, you're six or seven years old, or if you're like, you know, in your eighties or nineties, um, for you to be like, you know what, there's a warrior inside me. What am I going to do with it? You know, whether you're coming home from the theater or you're watching something on TV or, or whatever it may be. But to be shaken up a little bit and realizing you've got something inside yourself that you haven't tapped into yet, because we've both been been reminded of that very, very clearly. And now we're doing something with it. Um, so that's something we, we want to kind of like give someone an experience and be like, hey, uh, we all have something very specific to contribute, um, you know, while we're here. Uh, what are we going to do with it? Also, you know? remind people to reconnect with their mission, to reconnect with their purpose. And to remind people that we are all light. We are pure, bright, light souls. And and the go is like, hey, just remember that. Remember who you are. Reconnect with that. If if we can make it, anyone can make it. So reconnect with your purpose. I like that. So uh, again, we, uh, not to completely make it a parallel, but like I, I know that with when B. Roger approached for this podcast, uh, uh, we always looked at it as a, uh, a, a point of of like a a place somebody could go and and see themselves uh, in a world where it felt like maybe you're at least my generation didn't have uh, the immediacy of like oh hey so and so is doing something that I deep down really want to do but I can't express it because everyone shuns it and looks down on it and and all that stuff. So I, I always say that if you uh, when you, if you're on B Raja and you're and you're looking at it and it as a, as a you know a, a collection of things and if you watch it and even if you don't like if you don't like Venom Brothers right if you don't like any if you don't like this show whatever it is right if you don't like it but you can't deny that it exists you can't deny that the drive was there and you can't deny that um, other people like yourself have. Uh, tried it so I always say if you hate it do better right try do better because if you think you can do better that's good we want you like you said we want the next generation to feel impacted whether it's like I loved it or I hated it to go like all right well that was that 
let me leave my mark and like you said find that find that warrior within yourself and And on that note uh just a a brief comment i think like we are talking about art that it's so subjective you know and it will be impossible to please everyone and we don't try to please people i think what we want to do is as long as we are connected to the to the the purpose of that project itself if we are satisfied if we at the end of the day we're like okay uh it's communicating uh, our message is there then we let go mm-hmm. and then whoever wants to absorb that if we can touch one heart we are happy yeah it's a victory man and you know i think it's important like i'm i'm trying to tell the whole team every you know every now and then try to reiterate that hey like it's not only like about chasing the numbers and the followers and like and getting to a certain peak, you know, because you can get to a peak and still be chasing and not have peace of mind long term. So it's like focus on the quality, not the quantity, you know, like Sabrina said, man, if you can change one person's feeling, one person's life, you've won, man, you know. Especially in these uh, these quarantine times when it feels like we are at once connected in a weird way more or we've we're it's yes. almost like it, it, right the great pl- equal playing field that is quarantine if you will um but it also feels like at the same time because we're literally not connect like physically connected um it sometimes you have that kind of light and dark version of that um so have you guys found that has that hindered uh the the progress of what touch of life is doing currently or are we you're just constant are we still doing stuff in the interim i think it's helped us like we're still doing meetings on like Zoom and Skype. Like we've got a few actors and writers in Australia and India out here, and you know we're getting some really good momentum. But just because studios are shut down and you know people are are, are adapting to everything happening in the world, I, I I think it's teaching us to just you know what chill out. Like it's time to take care of yourself, take care of your health, embrace people who are right in front of you. And I think something we needed that's far more important than any career, you know. Um, and I think when you can get into this calm state, then you are able to bring that much more quality towards your work. And I've been experiencing that. Like the first week the lockdown happened, I got a call from one of my rep, rep my my manager, and um, and so our internet and our communications have been like really in and out. Right, it's been an overload of everyone using the internet and everyone working from home. And I'm in my robe, man. I'm on like movie number three, you know? I'm just chilling, you know, watching like classics, Bruce Lee, like Van Damme, you know, whatever. And um, and something tells me at seven o'clock at night, just check your voicemail in case anyone tried to call. And I got these voicemails from from um, one of my reps saying, hey, um, we've been trying to get a hold of you all day. Um, you've been selected for this role for a new show. Um, and my first instinct was, that's 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 great and I'm, I'm really grateful for it but i kind of want to get back to my movie you know and watching myself from a bird's eye i was proud of myself because i'm not chasing you know i'm like i'm taking care of my my well-being i'm in a calm place i'm gonna get them all the information i need because you know it's a team it's, it takes a village but i'm no longer running you know and i think so being in this this state of quarantine where it's like when you can really turn it off for yourself so you can take care of your 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 health um you can do that much more for for everything else you're doing but it's been teaching me personally yeah i think it's also about uh it's a balance uh before this quarantine uh, we 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 also we had like a home office we were working from home so that didn't change much 
what changed it was the rhythm that we were going. So we were like super busy and meetings and go, go, go. And then the quarantine happened and then, then this break happened. And I think we are even more productive actually, even though we are not as busy or not as, you know, worry or all the time meeting someone. Mm -hmm. So it's reflecting in our work. We can concentrate more. We are developing better stories. We are going deep in the in developing the script. So we, we because we have different projects and we are in different status. Um, so we have a feature film inspired by Raja's life. I have a feature film inspired by my life that we are developing right now. So we are able to have Skype meetings with the writers, co-writers, and really dip into the, the core of the story. Like what else can we bring to the surface and, and share? And it's reflecting what we are feeling right now is, is reflecting in our stories. And then we also have other projects that are on post-production. So we can have a meeting with our composer. Uh, one of our composers is in Spain, the director is in Berlin. And it's like the beautiful about internet, right? It's, it's helping in that way. And, you know, I think we, we should also think about balancing our lives and do some yoga, meditation, watch a movie, you know, have a healthy uh, meal and take this opportunity to think like, what can I change in my routine, you know, to improve my life? Yeah, I, to, to keep a train metaphor I started uh, going, uh, it sounds like we went from... Uh, con- continuously being on like a bullet train to yeah. now we yeah. have we have started to go oh we're using locomotives again <laughs> and it's gonna yes. it's gonna take yes. a li- right and and now you can yeah. actually look outside and 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 nature is being uh what it used to be but i i to fall back on a point you made about uh getting a call and for a job and i think we're all i think we're all striving for that level of uh like you said uh just um the word I, I had it and I, I lost it, but it's like this this level of calm or this this uh, relationship with yourself that you can go. You know what? I can let that one go, right? And I know that there's probably uh, tons of people out there who listen to this who are in a, in the in the chase in the still in the chase period. And I I wanted to touch on it because I we we kind of not glossed over, but it was like again your life, man. To your credit, is so much. Like it should be a movie. There's so much happening in that. Uh, when, when did you feel as though uh, that chase could subside? When did you feel like it wasn't, uh, it was okay to kind of go, all right, you know what? I can take it, I can take it, not easy, but I can take it, I can take it kind of one step at a time if I am not feeling it. Like I said, you're grateful for the opportunity and would love to do it in any other scenario, but for yourself, when did you feel like that chase stopped being a chase? You know what, man? Um, I think it's a, a couple different things. Like, like I, I had a pretty rough year in 2016. Um, there, there were lots of ups and downs, and like, um, it was tough, man. I'm like, should I even be here? Am I doing enough as an actor? And it, it was rough. And I think I learned a lot from that year to really come into 2017 and think about what's really important. You know, what's, what am I really doing here? Like, focusing on the why. You know, and and then I realized it's not about me. Um, it's about what we're gonna do here. That's gonna impact a lot of people. Um, so that I think that's one instance. And then I think 
This last year, um, 2019, one of our best friends in the world, Sai uh, Gundawar, a phenomenal actor out of Mumbai, uh, Bobby Singh, um, actually introduced me and Sai before Sai came to LA. And Sai is a hustler, got all kinds of incredible work, his first year here. And this is a guy who, he's the most fit, most positive guy I know. And he actually, um, he lives to bring people together. And you know, um, January of 2019, he brings his wife from India. They, they, they get this beautiful apartment in North Hollywood and have this massive housewarming. And then he finds a brain tumor. Um, and, um, and then he goes through chemos, radiations, he, and he comes out of it. Um, they remove the tumor with a major surgery. He, he comes out, out of all of it, like cracking jokes, continuing to lift other people. And we've been with him and the family um, since, um, and we're still doing different kinds of therapy and whatnot. But I think he taught me a lot personally about like, what are we running after? Why are we chasing when we can do so much with the calm, you know? Um, and we have, we have all of the forces right in front of us. We have the goal, we have all this love, and we're still chasing. So it's kind of like, this vicious thing that we've learned from childhood where you've got to go, 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 strive, strive, strive to reach success, but we never ever talk about what is success, you know? And I think one thing is my struggles in 2016, one thing is Sai, you know, going through his journey with him, um, like he's changed us forever, you know? Um, and, and I think it's really, really being reminded of like, okay, um, let's go back to basics. Um, why are we here? What are we doing? And how can we get the most of it? And that's by being smart, like working smart, and also taking good care of the the little kid that lives inside each one of us. You know, um, I've got too many um, you know family friends whose parents have conquered empires, man, all kinds of industries, and they can't turn it off. They should be at home with their grandbabies, and they can't turn it off because they feel like they got to keep on going. And I tell my boys and, and my, 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 everyone with all the things we're doing in multiple industries, we're not gonna do that, you know? Um, but to answer your question, man, I think my struggles in 2016 and, um, and also um, I think Sai's journey, man, um, those are two examples out of maybe a few others um, that have really, really reminded me that, hey man, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna simplify, you know? Uh, yeah, so the, I like that. I like, I mean, just the idea of, um like you said, the because as you were saying that, I thought I I make a joke all the time about how like uh, my folks are never going to retire because they don't understand what that is, um, and it's not because they don't want to relax. It's because uh, for that generation, the sense of purpose has kind of almost always been provide, 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 yeah, yes. right? Um, yeah, yes. Right? So then I, so they, so that I, on one hand, it's like, I use it as a joke, but I'm just like, I, but like, I think they hopefully will understand at a certain point that, like you said, we want to, uh, we, we can slow it down to a point of where we can go look at, because you've done a lot. Look at what we've done. Look at what we've built. Look at what, like you said, look what we've conquered. And I, and I like that you use that word conquer because it's, I feel like we, it's such a strong word conquer. And I'm curious, uh, in in general, of like, to use that word, it feels like how much have you done? But we're never satisfied. Like we're, we never, as much as we want to conquer things, we're never really conquering anything, because to conquer it means you could conquer it, plant your flag, and then like, live off your bouncy man. But it sounds like none of us actually want to conquer anything. 
we just want to like steamroll through it and go look what i did and then it's like don't yeah. you want to just i i guess we've made rest on your laurels a negative thing yeah. right i we've given it a negative connotation that makes resting sound lazy and um, it's funny we, you said negative um it's because i, I want to share something like we think that when we receive no's it's something bad and it's something that pushes back but i i'm actually grateful for two big no's that I actually experienced in my life. So in 2016, uh, I was ready to work in the film industry and I was trying, you know, do everything by the book. You know, you go with your resume, headshot, try to get an agent, that's the protocol. And then after like a 30 minutes uh, waiting for this agent to, to have a meeting with me, he gave me an attitude. He was actually like, oh, um, he pulled up my IMDb and he was like, oh, so how did you do all this? And I said, well, uh, I got cast. Some of them I produced myself. And he was like, yeah, but see, 80% of this industry is, is like you, white Caucasian, but you have an accent. And I said, um, well, that's who I am. Uh, thank you so much for your time. That's a quality, not a problem, but yeah. Thank you so much for your time. So that they then know of that guy telling me you're not gonna make it because you have an accent. I realize, you know what? The only person who can say no to me is myself. And if I love what I do, I would do it anyway. So that day I became a producer. I, I, I was wearing this producer hat and I produced more than 20 projects. That before even meeting Raja, bringing Touch Alive. And, and I said, you know what? Let me connect with people who are eager like me, who wanna do things. So that was important. The second no I received that was even bigger, it was in 2017 when I applied for my visa. And after waiting for six months, um, I got a no. My visa was denied and I went back to Brazil. And I'm the kind of person that I trust that I'm in the right place at the right time. Even though it was heartbreaking because I, I have a family here, friends, and you know, you the, the friends are the family you choose, right? So it was heartbreaking, but I at the same time I'm gonna trust that I'm supposed to be in Brazil right now. So I went back to Brazil, I was there for seven months, and it was important to be with my dad. He is 84 now. And, I, and something inside me told me, I'm not done with LA. I still have a lot of stories. My journey is still gonna continue there. So I decided to file again for my visa. But then I asked myself a very important question, why? Why I wanna go back to America? Why I wanna be an actress producer? I need to know why. I'm compromising a lot. My family's in Brazil. It's a lot of money. And that moment that I stopped to realize why I want to be an artist, that make the change of who, what kind of artist I am today. You know, so I realized, yes, I want to portray uh, characters as an actress or as a producer. I want to be part of the stories that really inspire people. And, and that's why we are in a place where I can say no to projects now. Now I get to choose which stories I want to be part of it. So if there is a casting opportunity, if there is a job opportunity, I'm grateful, but I'm going to think why I want to do this. Is this going to add something or is it just for the paycheck? Like, so now I have the, and of course my parents, my, my grandparents, I am where I am because they had the tough life. They were working hard. 
So because of that blessing, I get to choose who am I working with and which project I'm working with. Something about both of you that uh, really touches me uh, and I like just downright love and is the idea of like you like you said like taking taking things that come to you that in a normal situation would feel limiting or would feel restrictive or would feel just downright get out of here right like it, it just defeated right and I, I I I just I I look at that and I think there was one time there was a part of me that was very much not a cynic and 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 very much full of uh the the optimism that you guys present and everything and i and i try to continue like look back and go well when did that when did that guy transition into like that other guy and then and i feel like a lot of us are constantly battling with the other guy or the other girl or, or that idea of like when you know uh life gives you when life gets you down and then picking yourself back up kind of a thing and i and i just listening to you guys talk i it makes me internally kind of go like man this is the transition we all should be making is to a more streamlined version of, of that mentality. And like I said, it's not easy. And, 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 and like I said, you both have faced uh, your ups and downs to, to get there. And I, the perseverance, I think that it takes to do that is, is commendable. It's something that I, I am still striving towards kind of on my daily, uh, on my daily commute uh, through uh, the emotion. So to, to even have this conversation is so freeing for me to go, man, if you keep at this, uh, th- this does pay its dividends at some point in maybe not the ways you want it to, but in, 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 in the way I look at it, like you said, uh, in ways that your, your life may not be as enlightened as you think it needs to be, but you don't know what light you're providing another person. Um, and I, I, yeah, and I, I try I try to I try to kind of justify it in my head of if 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 I can't see the light so to speak, um, I shouldn't at the same time be dimming the light for for other people, and that's kind of how I approach it. Of I may be the one who kind of goes in a room and, and like freaks out internally about something, but the goal I think is always going to be don't let those sound waves that energy. Uh, percolate into you know another person a group of people your friends whatever it is and and so hearing you guys talk about how you guys have persevered in that way makes me go all right we're all going to be okay and stuff yeah absolutely we are man we gotta trust the the journey you know you say yes to the universe and you say yes to everything that happens in your path either is to go back to brazil stay in america get this job don't get this job resign from a job you just trust the flow you trust the it's, pacing it's like you said i i guess i'm sure there's the details in all of your decisions roger but the 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 story ver the storybook version of it where it's like i had this and i said ah and i had this and i said whatever like I, it's uh i know it was i know it must not have been that easy like i i i like your faith in in what your father was saying and your faith in your path i love it but it just—I don't know. I, I just think like that's. It must be. It must feel so difficult. You know what? Uh, it, it it is, man. I mean, uh, and you know, it's 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 not easy, man. I mean, you know, you you can see somebody on paper like, wow, they've done a lot, and they're they're doing amazing things. Look at look at their energy, 
But then, you know, you know what you go through on birthdays, Christmases, holidays, your childhood, what it was like, like out of this world. And you're like, it was almost too good to be true. So, you know, it's it's definitely, it's it's hard, you know, there's no question about it. And you make these decisions going back to what you were saying about your parents. I mean, our parents' generation, man, like, look at look at the the guts of glory man like look at what what they did man they left the only world they knew saying we're gonna make this work somehow every one single one of our parents have this miraculous story and look at the lives they created for us and I, and i think i think about that each time i'm like if our ancestors if our parents can do all these amazing things um because of their belief we have their genes you know like we have we have the tools we have more than the essentials and now we're attracting all of these forces who have the same mindset what else could you ask for you know so i think whenever you kind of like you you allow um some of the history to come back and you just realize like i'm here because all these people took certain specific bold actions that's why we're sitting on this this screen right now you know we have a roof we have our next meal you know um but but it's interesting man i think you know, you're absolutely right, man. It was never easy. But, you know, when a parent gives you the ultimate blessing, like you become invincible, man. Like when I drove from the east to the west coast, I did it in 13 days. And I didn't have one doubt in my mind. I didn't know how I was going to pay rent for the next few months or the next year or whatever. But I never, ever questioned it. Like I was like, I felt like I was on, on a trip of a lifetime. And I had this this mind-blowing destination waiting for me, you know? And I didn't know it was gonna be so up and down and, you know, through all kinds of like triumphs, tragedy, like, you know, depression, like it was all there. And I think all of that molds you, you know? Um, but yeah, man, you know, <laughs> there are moments where um, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is actually happening. And then you're, and then you're like, oh yeah, this is how it's going to really take off. And then nothing happens for a good chunk of time. For those know? days, thank God, you know, we have each other. Um, for those days, we like to remind ourselves why we're doing this. The why, man. And I, the think, why? And I think the why was also, um, I think that's what drove our parents too, man. You know, it, it made them be like, hey, we're the providers. Like we're here for our kids. So that's been ingrained. I mean, they're the first generation, right? Uh, you know, for, for the most part. Um, and then now we're able to absorb and learn from them and to go forward with a, with a, a slightly different mindset, but we're, we're still taking everything they, they, they taught us, you know, uh, whether they realize it or not, you know? It's, yeah, like, like, like that. A lot of inspiring things have been said today uh, that I know I'm going to take away from. I, I hope the listeners will as well. But yeah, like you said, I think once you, this goes back to that idea of purpose, which I think we, again, the world has seemingly made all of these like mantra on a cup, on a calendar, on a motivational poster, uh, out of all of these things. But at, at the at the core of it, it comes down to like you, your individualism and and obviously you know what you what you came from your history and stuff um but when you find it when you find it whether it is you know the heights of you know the himalayas or or something at you know as a local something local you're doing uh there really isn't any feeling better than that discovery um of finding your purpose there finding a community um your tribe if you will 
and uh, you guys both speak to that so well. Uh, and I'm and like I know you guys must be, but like I'm happy y'all found each other. Like I'm like yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. You know, like I, I'm just like man. Like I, I'm sure y'all are, but like I'm like hmm. Really, because uh, I, I, I say that as far as like I need we need so many other people to find uh, one another. Uh, not to be like super metaphorical and vague, but like we we need to do so much finding of each other um, in in more ways than one. And Touch of Life seems to be like it's on the right track to do that. Uh, so what is you've already mentioned that you're. Your life story is gonna, cause your life story needs to be something, man. Like I, I something. Uh, yes. And and, and uh, Sabrina, your life story is also being developed. Uh, what what are the content uh, can we expect that you can talk about? Um, maybe in terms of if this is this is not for me to be like, hey, everybody, flood their inboxes with requests and stuff. But I'm curious what. Uh, what content are you looking for in terms? Like, I know that your base statement is about making sure that it is, you know, conscious about uh, the message and conscious about, uh, you know, what we're trying to, how we're going to bring people together. So I'm curious, what what are you guys currently doing beyond those two? Um, and what are you looking for? What do you, what really excites you guys when you hear something or or you know a project comes to you? Yeah. So um, we've got a couple uh, right now, specifically, we're focusing on, there's a couple TV series. Um, one is called Sunflower. It's about an Italian and an Indian family who marry into one another. And it's it, you feel like you're watching a modern version of The Sopranos, but you have these underground layers of the Indian and the Italian um, underground, like the, you know, the, the mafia, so to speak, um, that actually exists. And... Um, and it's just it's just incredible um, the the cast and 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 the people who have come together for it. You know, um, we have this incredible incredible uh, writer and um, this this powerhouse director um, who's uh, who's very interested. Um, but it just um, it's just an incredible thriller that also has hints of comedy. Um, and we had our first official table read with the writer uh, just a month or two ago, and it was just like wow, this is actually happening. Um, you know, so that sunflower, another one. Um, there's a it's like a buddy cop drama called L.A. Down Under, um, which is also another raw, gritty, comedic um, thriller with an Australian uh, detective and also a detective out of Houston. And they're both the best at what they do. But the pilot starts off with them at a rehab facility that's um, part of a very elite government organization um, who gets them through this rehab so they can be assigned assigned to other government entities but each episode is based on a different case and uh, but yeah you have um oh we can talk about belief as well yes. yeah belief was a um a short that we produced uh in 2019 uh, raja was the executive producer um and it's it's a short film simple but very powerful a story about uh african-american detective and he is in an interrogation room and and the title is belief but in the middle you have lie it's a double meaning so how much our own beliefs can interfere in our decisions so this detective trying to put all the sides his own beliefs to find out who was the uh, the villain in the story right but we are touching about we are talking about racism we are talking about guns regulations in a very um, uh, ambiguous way where there is no right or wrong 
We're just bringing that reflection. And then we just find out that belief uh, is part of the short film corner in Cannes. Yeah. We're excited about that. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. It's a, yeah, really, really proud of that one. Um, and, and just one more. Um, we've got a few others, but just to keep it quick, uh, there's one, um, a feature called Motherland. Um, it's, a, it's a movie about uh, this, this team of doctors who go into this part of India to build a free clinic. And it's based on a nonprofit I've been a part of for a few years. And the group builds free clinics all over the world. We have one in Ghana, one in Guatemala, and we're actually um, structuring one um, in India and in, in the Philippines. But um, the film um, rotates around that, but the group of doctors come into this area of, of, of India and they face this local extremist group. And a very, very similar group actually murdered my cousin's husband uh, years ago. Um, and um, and it's just the way it's been evolving, and um, and the writer um, um, that we found is uh, international award winner, and he his his own family was confronted by the same group, so he knows them firsthand. And um, and also my mom's mom was a political leader; um, she was the education and finance minister of Assam. And there's a character we created not only to honor her, but you know, in the story when there's you know when war. Um, comes through through the kidnapping and, and, and the fires and, and, and all of the of, of the of the horror um, the local government the national government the UN everybody turns their you know their heads to to this group and he goes and one of the characters goes to his grandmother because she was a former political leader and she actually with her influence the group diminishes and they actually have a chance um, but it's just it's also another powerful story that's based on truth um, and and it's just it's raw it's gritty it's real um, and and my, my grandmother who was a political leader she was active all over India until her 90s be um, creating organizations for women and children and at her memorial there is a photo I found of her leading a march of like a thousand men and this is a beautiful ancient castle in the background and nobody knows what they were marching for and she's leading the march looking at a book in, in, in focus and we're using that image as as a temporary poster image for the film, um, but uh, but yeah, just just to give you an idea, many of our films are based on truth. Sabrina's life story constantly blows me away, um, and that's coming along really really well. The script we had a table read recently for it, and it's mm -hmm. just to see this dining room filled with all these powerhouses and getting all this really really good insight and feedback. Um, it's called Living the Dream. Um, the movie based in my life is called Happy. That's been that's been in the works the last couple of years. It was initially called Friend Zone, and then it, it and and then it evolved into Happy. And you know, but but a lot of the stories we have are some are based on truth, and if some aren't, then there's a specific reason for it. But it's all geared towards the same the same light, you know. Um, but yeah, man, that's you know. I think right now we have five um, that we're really really focusing on because. You wanna you wanna make sure the quality is, is not gonna be yeah. even questioned, you know. Yeah. Um, so you wanna you know put those seeds out there and then let them let them go and do their thing and then you move on to others. You know? Yeah, the script is the core. You know, the story has to be really good so we can put all the energy bringing investors or even starting production. So we wanna make sure this the script is really well developed. And, and you know, I, I wanted to share with you, man, um, the, the nonprofit I've been a part of is called Global Human Services. The founder is Roger Williams. Um, when I was in college, it was me and two of my buddies, Suraj and Naranjan, we were sitting on the couch. And of course, we were doing nothing. Uh, we weren't studying, you know. <laughs> 
and um, and these guys were pre-med and and we were all three of us were like hey 20 years down the road um, we want to build hospitals all over the world um, and I'm like I don't know what the hell I'm gonna be doing but I'm gonna contribute somehow so um, almost 20 years later um, I'm at a friend's go away here in LA and I meet this guy Roger where hey man how you doing what's going on and it's changing life and I was like yeah I've created uh, this this nonprofit called global human services and I build free clinics all over the world and my goal is to cure poverty one step at a time and everyone's told me yeah good luck at that and I said you know what I'm doing it one step at a time and he's created this incredible nonprofit and he's already doing it so I, I connected with him and uh, so that's that's a big part of our mission at yeah. Touch a Life yeah. where the majority of the profits that come through for all of our movies and TV series we're developing you know, the, the, a good percentage of it is going to be going towards building non like like these clinics nonstop. Mm -hmm. um, when you can go on a set and you have all this funding, and you're about to film with this entire this entire like dream, you know that this set has already funded this this and that clinic abroad. You know, um, so I think that's a different caliber of purpose. Yeah. That that is a big big part of our dream because when you can do something like that you know you've you've beyond like made your dream come true and you have a, a you have a purpose that you can really really share with other people and and it's going to be a feeling i can't even imagine at this point you know but we're we're we're, we're getting we're getting ready for it man you know yeah i'm glad you shouted that out we will include all of those uh links when people can uh, where they can check it out and uh, and contribute if they wish um yeah i i well, your last point was so poignant of uh, you're you're doing good things and you're doing it before a single shot has been taken because right off the bat you know it, it there's like like you said your empathy in your projects the light that you're trying to shine but also like you guys really are you guys are leading with love man and you guys are making sure that everything even before any footage is shot like you've already said look this is if this isn't your purpose right then Again, I'm just milking this train metaphor for some reason. Uh, Amtrak is not paying me, I promise. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, if you're not on board with this, get off now. Because, but like, how do you not? How are you not on board? Uh, I imagine your collaborators, uh, you know, feel so blessed to do do the work that they're doing to make the project, but also like the work that they know is being done as a result of that. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a great organization. It's a great uh, cause, and any way that anybody can contribute, I'm sure they would. Because why wouldn't you? And you get to make great art in the process. So like, it, you're, uh, you're killing two birds with one stone, but obviously not killing anything. Uh, but <laughs> so, just to clarify, yeah, yeah just um, no birds were harmed in the making of this metaphor. Um, that's great. I think that's a great place to kind of wrap it up. Uh, because like I, it's more of I don't want to keep you from doing the great work you're doing, uh, and it's just it's fantastic. I can't wait to see the things that you've mentioned, uh, the things that are going to come uh, when eventually the veil of this quarant uh, quarantine lifts. Uh, I'm sure temporarily you guys can hop on a bullet train and start uh, speeding along, right? Yeah, Sabrina's already getting ready for it, man. She's ready to go. Um, but yeah, uh, Sabrina, Roger, thank you so much for for Thanks. not only coming coming on here to talk about uh, like I said we could do like another whole hour on 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 your life stories but like I said we'll save something for the film when it comes out 
uh, and I and I hope we can talk again uh, with the next project or whatever that may be uh, because I the biggest thing I think you guys have you've given me personally um, and I hope the listeners have also gotten it it's just uh, you know purpose can be found and, and purpose can be achieved and it doesn't have to be some like you know uh, life changing thing because I think we get so caught up in like it has to be life changing for me but like we don't understand that we are also the catalyst for other people and changing their lives and so it doesn't have to be this be all end all for me it, it has to be something collective it has to be something for all of us uh, and you've shown that here today with your stories uh, you've given me that to uh, you wanted people to walk away with an impact I'm walking away here in a real self contemplative state for about another hour uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll figure out how I process that later. But um, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, like I said, we'll link Touch of Life. We'll link uh, the Global Project. We'll all of that stuff so people can check it out. Um, and again, and, and Jeff, just real quick, um, I, I I wanted to touch on you mentioned um, a lot of people misconstrue like relaxing. They they feel like oh I'm being lazy, but I but I just want to reiterate that that when you're actually taking care of yourself and put yourself as a priority at the top of the day, you'll attract forces that you wouldn't dream of happening until the next two or three years, but it just happened because you're putting out nothing but calm energy and, and ener energy is real. Um, ju just to give an example, um, I was I was in such a, a great place just a couple of weeks ago because I was taking care of myself for the first time in a long time. and. I just reached out to one of my former bosses um, and just checking in, hey man, how are you? You know, how, how's the wife doing? How are you guys? And and we're just catching up just on text and I never really, you know, usually you want to hear someone's voice, but we're catching up and um, and he's like, hey man, send me your address. I'm like, yeah, of course, man. Um, and he goes, um, I, I saw your presentation for your movie. I'm sending you a check for your film. Um, and, you know, like I didn't expect anything to come from this guy because he's been so supportive ever since you know I left the group but this kind of thing when it happens and you you don't see it coming it's things are coming for you because the waters are calm you know it's like you're doing good quality work but you're doing it you know in, in a calm place in a calm setting where you're putting nothing but quality out there you know because if you run 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 and you chase you're kind of you're also putting chaos out there and you're pushing away some other things that want to come to you um but yeah I, I just wanted to reiterate some people they misunderstand like oh if i relax too much i'm gonna be you know i'm gonna feel lazy and guilty it's like no like take care of your mind your body your spirit like put yourself in check you know if you do that at the top of the day even for two minutes man there's you're gonna you're gonna be attracting all of the right forces that are gonna come at the right time for you you know and now is the time for uh, yeah. for us to make to make the time. Like now, now is the time that you could, like you said, even like two minutes a day. Uh, in reality, is is this is nothing, man. You could you could make a little bit of time to, to have those conversations with yourself, check in with yourself, and again, check it. Now is the time, like you said, check in with other people who are equally probably in this weird discombobulated state of now what, right? Like the everything is kind of stopped, but. Uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, this was the Jehovah's Witness esque podcast we did, uh, but uh, but much better. We've lost that entire market. Uh, but the uh, yeah, that's I'm glad. I, I, I if anything is emanating from this, I, I want people to take all of that away. Of just put everything aside that is not an immediate uh, 
kind of evolution of your personal self in a weird yeah. way, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, absolutely. We're not saying yeah, we're not saying stop doing your job or stop. Like, like we're just saying that under, try to start looking at everything in a way that is, uh, is it really the end of the world? I feel like we've also put yeah. a lot of uh, kind of a, a mysterious quality on that of everything is the end of the world, and and now we've we can go. Oh, you know what? Uh, the world is, seems to be doing okay without us constantly <laughs> out so and about cool. and uh uh you know causing all this ruckus and stuff but uh yeah thank you so much for your stories thank you so much for the stories you're gonna give us uh thank you so much for the attitude quite frankly uh i think this is an attitude adjustment for me it was an attitude adjustment for i'm hoping our listeners um yeah uh and like i said venom brothers uh you can find on b raj i don't even feel like plugging b raj anymore because like, we're so above this now as a Sorry, B-Raj, I, I didn't mean that. Uh, but like the idea of like, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just, it. but like, but that word, it's the same process of uh, B-Raj is a, is a minor collective in this, what we're trying to achieve, what you guys are trying to achieve of come together uh, and, and see what it's all about and, and find your own kind of your way with it. So thank you guys so much for coming on, for thank doing this. Uh, thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to spread the word, to inspire others. I want people to remind that if you don't have your parents' support, your family support, love yourself. You gotta, yeah. you know, you have to accept yourself and, and that should be the start point. And keep, reconnect with your purpose. Keep doing what you love, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, um, I wanted to thank Bobby Singh. I met him at a Peacemakers thank you, event Bob Singh. <laughs> for um, Amardeep Kalika and... Um, I guess I gotta Bob. thank Bobby Singh now too. Thanks, Bobby Singh. Everyone else was doing it. Everybody else was doing it. Peer pressure. He, he and I were assigned at the same. We're, we're all at the same dinner table. We met, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm Raja." He was like, "What? I'm starting a you know, be Raja." And he just hit it off and became just like blood, man. And then he introduced me to you, and then we're about to launch. We're launching this company, you know. Um, and so all these things have been kind of like making their way in the right time and it's because of one you can one. you can just say that you are the raja in b raja like the b is bobby but like you're you're the raja i don't i don't that's why they gave that name <laughs> yeah. right let's just let's just make that canon right here right now like the this is what happened bobby goes what can i call it and you're like oh you're you be the b i'll be the raja and we're done and and yeah. also i'm sure you've already seen it but i wanted to tell everyone who maybe who may watch this to also watch the film diwa which i believe is on there as well uh, two of our dear friends uh, yeah. uh, wrote, um, acted, uh, produced it, and it's a powerful film that honors immigrants from all walks of life. And I was able to um, connect a few forces for it, and um, and it's a tribe, man. And it just, I'm just so proud that I got to even remotely be a part of it because um, it's 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 a must-seen story for everyone, man. That's why he's the Raja because he's doing a better job than I am of plugging the uh, the platform. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I like I said, I, I want to check it out. We can get those cats on here to talk about it. And like I said, it's, it's just the idea is we can all watch the stuff. But the real understanding is, you know, what brought you to this? How can you bring other people to it? Like the, the work itself, like you said, it's going to live on forever and, and be impactful or, or not. But uh, I think yeah. while we can of every generation... We should be getting those. We should be hearing those stories because you know everything happens in this weird loop. We're we're only just doing the same things everybody else has been doing, but we need to gather that um, that information and that history. And and you guys have now contributed 
uh, in more ways than one, but here uh, to your story, and, and this is going to hopefully reverberate to everything else that we uh, we do. And I, I again can't thank you guys enough. Of course, uh, yeah. thank you, brother. Right. That was uh, that was Bridge the Culture podcast. I am uh, your host, unless Raja takes over next week. Uh, uh, so uh, thank you for listening, and until we bridge again, man. Everyone, take care. Yeah.